Hi, everyone. Welcome to Scenario 7 F1 Podcast. I am Ryan. And I'm Corey. We are called Scenario 7 because, if you remember correctly, Lando Norris in the Styrian Grand Prix was a good six and a half seconds behind Hamilton with a couple laps left, and Scenario 7 is basically balls to the wall and be better than everybody else, and that's essentially what this podcast aims to be. <laughs> yeah. It, it felt mentioning because we tried doing this podcast a few years ago during the pandemic when everyone was bored out of their mind and initially called it uh, lights out podcast and uh, upon returning to this endeavor finding out that everybody and their mother had des- called yeah had uh, decided has a podcast to- name lights out f1 in the way you know lights <laughs> yeah. out in the way we go so yep. we switched so, it up we're we now decided scenario seven. we decided to call a pull a scenario seven mm-hmm. and uh, and call it scenario seven before we launch into everything um because we should introduce ourselves kind of what got us into f1 Right, that way the fans out there, um, you know, not thinking that we're we're newbies, but also not thinking that we've been around the block for the last twenty years. Yeah. So what I kind of want to talk about is how long we've watched F one, what got us into F one, and then um, so you can get to know us a little bit better, favorite teams and drivers. So we'll start off with you. Um, mm. How long have you been watching F one? I I've been watching F one since twenty nineteen. Not the longest time in the world. That's what five years at this point. Yeah. Uh, I got into F one. Because I ended up going to the Monaco Grand Prix. I knew what F1 was. I knew the drivers, right? Hamilton, the big names. Going to... I visited south of France for vacation, and it was just the same week that the Monaco Grand Prix was there. And I went, ah, screw it. Let me grab a ticket. Let me let me go to this. And it was just, like, a godly experience. Yeah, this man off the cuff just went to the Monaco Grand Prix. <laughs> so, um, I want to say I've been watching a year longer than you. I want to say 2018. Okay. Uh, Always been into cars and racing. I mean, that's how Ryan and I bonded. We we worked together. We would always talk about that and traveling, which is another big thing for us. But um, McLaren's always been my favorite team, so I loved the Senna documentary. Watched a couple other ones, but never really had enough teams and drivers to link myself. So like many people, Drive to Survive really kind of got me there. So that's how long I've watched F1. Uh, what got us in F or what got us in F1, I guess, would be Drive to Survive, and then all the documentaries and being in the cars and everything that I just mentioned. Um, I would assume yours would be watching the race and then further getting yeah, into it. Yeah, it was that. it was funny too because I mean you you talk about how it's kind of a humble brag saying I just you know dropped in dropped and went to the Monaco Grand Prix. I sat on a dirt mound for about seven hours throughout the day. <laughs> But I, I sat there because you have to get there early, right? I got there at like 7 a.m. just so I could pop an actual seat where I could see the track. So I had to sit through all the support races. So there was, I don't think there was F2 or F3, but it was like the Porsche and the, all that stuff, which honestly were pretty boring. But the, the energy just completely changed when like F1 came out. You know, they do the parade lap with all the drivers in the back of the yeah. truck waving everybody and... It's the main like, events, whatever we're there for. Yeah, it, the energy just completely, completely shifted. All right, and last but not least, before we get into it... Well, I haven't given my favorite drivers. That's what I was leading oh. into, Ryan. Favorite teams <laughs> of drivers. Um, I actually don't know if I have, like, a straight-out favorite team. Um, I've always been partial to McLaren and... What's funny is I kind of fell into Aston Martin a little bit just because I actually had some Aston Martin racing stuff before Aston became an F1 team. So I was like, oh, I guess I have to start rooting for Stroll now. Uh, as far as drivers go, my favorite driver is Albon. And that started because he was a rookie the first year that I started watching. So I kind of bonded watching him kind of grow into it and get really, really big with Red Bull really, really quickly. And then I just kind of followed along his trajectory. 
Yeah, we highly disagreed on Albon when he first started, but I have now since (laughs) very painfully agreed that I was wrong. (laughs) And he was right the entire time about Albon. Um, My favorite team, not even even close, it's McLaren. Uh, Have way too much merchandise from them. (laughs) God knows how many hoodies, hats, shirts. Just ordered a couple more scaled uh, cars. Um, I have McLaren Legos. It's it's pretty bad. You have McLaren Legos? Well, Garahan bought me a little McLaren Santa thing. For just... All right. All right. Okay. So, um, other teams, I, I do like Red Bull, um, but it's mostly drivers, right? So, Ricardo, Verstappen, Alonso. Um, <clears throat> I, I, I like Signs a lot, too. I feel like he's very underrated. And Are there any teams that you actively dislike? I wouldn't say I actively dislike any of them, but I can care less about Alpha, Sauber, Stake, Kick. <laughs> Whatever you want to call whoever it. Whoever they are next year. Yeah. They're, I don't really care. All right. However, when they got rid of Botas and he was out qualifying Hamilton, definitely hopped on the bandwagon <laughs> a little bit there. <laughs> Nothing against Hamilton, but it's just kind of nice seeing somebody get kicked out and doing better. While we're talking about favorite teams, favorite drivers, uh, we will ever so often be joined by my... By my lovely wife, Tara, who has now joined us down in the in the booth, as it were. How long have I watched F1? Since what twenty? Were you watching the season when I came back from France? I was not. So twenty twenty. So you got into yeah. it during the oh, pan- COVID. The, the COVID season. Yes. Yeah. When you came back and you wanted to watch it. COVID inspired our podcast. Dan. Or no, we started watching when you came back from Monaco. Yeah. 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 Okay. So when I got so back from France, so, tw- so 2019. Yep. So a little while. End of 2019 into COVID. Mm-hmm. Favorite team. I know. I I know the answer to this. Your favorite team and driver. Do you? No. It's fine. <laughs> I don't really. I don't even know if I have a favorite team right now. I have been liking. I mean, in the beginning, right I liked now. Mercedes. You did. In the beginning. You did. Then I kind of went towards. Once, once you started watching F1. Then I started going towards like McLaren. Yes. Oh, God. <laughs> yes. No one says McLaren. Brando it's whole table. And Ricardo were my boys. <laughs> that's. I mean, that's the answer. Because uh-huh. so yeah. you started off. I'm not going to say bandwagony, but kind of bandwagony. Following it's, Mercedes and Hamilton. Kind of tough not to yeah. start off. That it way. is. It is, especially when you're first getting into it. But the more you watch, Hamilton was amazing. So you know. I mean, the 2019s. I mean, that was still when Mercedes was kicking everybody's ass. So yeah, yeah McLaren. I just always loved them since the McLaren F1 car. Yeah. Just you know, breaking this world speed record. I've always just been a fanboy of the, of the brand. Yeah. Yep. But the more you watched, the more you got into McLaren, and then you started falling into Norris because he was just kind of the obvious McLaren driver to to attach to. Last year was yeah. finally our year. Yes, I know. <laughs> Took a long, rough road. Although now that Hamilton's going to Ferrari, where are you going to become a Scuderia? Maybe we're gonna see how he does, because I still like Hamilton. So Hamilton versus Ferrari strategists. Ugh. Yeah, because he actually can't bring. Um, so there's a poaching Granted, clause. They don't fuck him over he can't like bring Bono did. with him. He can't bring Bono with him. He can't bring any of the engineers with no, him, which sucks. Because I would love to see what him and Bono can do in Ferrari. I feel like they would actually have a decent mm. shot if they built a decent car. Mm-hmm. Um, which I guess we were gonna talk about that next anyway. So we might as well talk. That about is yes, yes. It is time for the news. Since it is before the season starts, so there's really not a lot of racing to talk about. Um, so it's been I guess, a hell of an off season. It has. There's been a lot of news coming out. So um, we can start with Hamilton and Ferrari, right? Crazy ass news coming up. Any predictions for him versus Leclerc? Because I feel like qualifying in particular is going to be one hell of a matchup. And to me, that is now the 
like by far and away best driver pairing. I was I was gonna say this I'm could excited. this could seriously help Leclerc because mm-hmm. the the problem that Leclerc has had for the last couple seasons is himself pressure and he's always putting it in the wall when he doesn't need to. Yes, yeah, I forget what race it was. I don't know if it was yeah, races. Was it Mon? Well, I'm thinking specifically France a couple years ago. Was it Monza or Mugello? Was in Italy. He was in first place by like 15 seconds. I don't know, Mugello, and everybody just, crashed. And then just spun yeah. on a random corner and went into the wall. I think I it's France like... that you're thinking of. Is that France? I know he bend it in France, but I, I don't think it was Mugello. There was like 10, 10 to 12 people that crashed there on the, on the main street. Oh, I'm not thinking about that. No, this was on like a chicane oh, where he just like completely lost it on the on I feel the, on like the they're going to bring out the best in each other. I hope so. Leclerc and Hamilton. I just think first they're going to each other and be better. I, th- I just think Hamilton will push Leclerc to be mm-hmm. more confident. Yep. Yeah, and he'll he's like, a good he'll, he'll challenge Leclerc, which I think is what Leclerc needs at this point. Yeah, he Hamilton's needs a good to team player, he needs to team find team. the limit and stay there. He definitely pushes it just over the limit, which you have to respect. You do, but he he does it a little too often. Yeah, yeah. <clears throat> That's also 2025. So did you guys see Oscar's tweet? True. We gotta wait. We gotta wait <laughs> a year for that. Year. <laughs> yeah, we're we're speculating on it now, but we still gotta wait a year for it to happen. You never know. But yeah, it'll be 2025. <laughs> did you guys see Oscar Piastri's tweet about it? Like five minutes after Hamilton officially signed, he just he wrote something about like just went for a run. Did I miss anything? <laughs> <laughs> guys, the kink of social media. With the first, you know, at first when he does, you know, I'm, I will not be racing for Alpine. Oh, oh that's he, right. Yeah. That, then he yeah. drops this. I'm a. I I love that kid so much. Well, you showed me that commercial that an Italian. What was it like? Was it I was actually looking that up. I was looking that up recently because, so I don't know if you saw. There's um, an Italian beer brand, Peroni. Oh, yeah, yeah, Peroni like that. sounds really familiar. That's that's uh, <laughs> joining hands with Ferrari this season, and they did this big marketing campaign, and they actually released. Um, oh, because they had the number forty four on, on the, the car. car. Yes. However, so, but that's a realistic number from when right. They're I think you're about to say cars. what I said. Okay. So the very right. first Grand Prix that Ferrari was ever in back in 1955. Good time we'll, we'll I think it may have, may have actually been Monaco. Um, the car number was 44. It was a premonition. There was a leak of another. Well, there was another leak that Hamilton was going to Ferrari. Other than that, as well, it was in some sort of commercial. I mean, he's been saying he's wants to go, wanted to go to Ferrari for a while anyway. Alonso actually just threw a shot at him and was. I don't know if you said this. I was telling him before we started recording, but uh, he was like, last year's childhood dream wasn't to drive for Ferrari because <laughs> you know he's always going to be pushing buttons. That's what makes yeah. Alonso great. Yeah, it's one of the reasons why I love him. He also drives more ferocious than any other driver I know. Like, you yeah. watch any of his. He's insane. He just he's mad at the car. Which is why I love watching him so he much. He drives it like he stole it. Yeah, he does. <laughs> um all right, so I guess predictions for next year. If we're talking about Ferrari, I mean Hamilton drivers, going to Ferrari. And drivers, right? and drivers, it's gonna be another silly season for drivers markets. Oh, it's gonna be then a we'll crazy get back season. into the off season because there's obviously more stuff that's happened with yes. Horner and Steak and all this other stuff. But yeah. since we're talking about I'm not showing you my predictions, Tara. I already saw it. Okay. Well, <laughs> Ryan, why don't you kick us off then? Well, <laughs> uh, so I'll I'll say this because I mentioned it to to Tara when I got home right after for right after Hamilton had said I'm going to Ferrari, and I was like that can't be real, and then every everything just started blowing up. I looked online to do the math. At the time, there were only five drivers out of all twenty that actually had contracts extending past 2024, mm-hmm. and those were both McLaren drivers, right? So yeah. Piastri and and Norris. It's gonna be for Stappen. Um. I think he's Russell, Verstappen, and then Leclerc. Okay. Those are the only drivers that actually had contracts extending beyond 2024. So Hamilton going to Ferrari obviously kicks signs out of a seat. They did they only sign Hamilton for a year, right? No, it's or was it multi year? Multi year. So just mm-hmm. in that that in quotes multi year contract. I think it's a minimum of two years, but 
you know, whenever he wants to. Yeah. So at that point, we put Hamilton and Ferrari. There are only six drivers on the grid that are actually contracted into 2025, mm-hmm. which is ridiculous. And I think there's going to be a lot of changes. Um, I I kind of put some question marks on I just things I don't know. Like for Stappen, obviously with Red Bull, I don't think Perez is going to be there in 2025. No, in my prediction, I put him as a fan. <laughs> <laughs> So, <laughs> Perez, <laughs> spectator. Yeah, pretty much. Um, but I don't know realistically who Rebel could pull. Um, I think Signs could find himself in he's an, go- an RB. He's going to Audi, uh, but I did put Signs as Audi or possibly Red Bull. I'd like to I, see him. I could see Signs replacing Yuki in, a red, in an RB. Um, I'm sorry. Um, Visa Cash App Red Bull or no? It's not even Red Bull. What does the RB stand for? Uh, nothing. It's just RB. It's just it RB. was Racing Bulls, but now it's just RB. So so he, they don't know. It's weird because they're a marketing company, but <laughs> they have the dumbest lack of identity team. Yeah. It's just a cash grab, and it's really stupid. And they used to be preventative measures to make sure that this type of thing didn't happen. <laughs> I know. So I think but, science could be going to Visa Cash App RB. Okay, I respectfully disagree, but I'll listen to the rest of your stuff. Um. I think Joe is probably out at the end of the year. If he doesn't yeah. perform, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's similar to Giovinazzi in my mind, where he's just, like, hit a stagnant path, and he's not really, like, he's, he's not, not doing any... He's not, exactly. He's not doing any worse, but he's really not doing any better. Yeah, he's not somebody you talk about, like, oh, he's bad, but he doesn't... He never stands out. Right, exactly. Um, and I think that Stake could pull in, finally, uh, Teo Porcher. Okay. Um, beyond that, and I know you've had, you have thoughts on Antonelli, because I had put down that Antonelli could go to, like, Alpine or something like that. He won't. He's, he's a Mercedes contract driver, so he's going to go to Williams, or, uh, they've actually, Mercedes said he's their plan A, from what I've heard, and then Alonzo would be plan plan B. Journalists are saying that he is potentially plan A, which sucks, because my predictions are Albon and Mercedes. Um, Actually, yes, I had Albon and Mercedes, but I I don't think that's going to happen. Since I wrote those predictions, I don't think that's going to happen, because I think they want to keep it for Antonelli. Um, and they're not going to sign Albon for one year, and Red Bull's trying to poach him. But I think if he was smart, he wouldn't go. Yeah, back. I, I think he's don't already, go back. I think to he's Red already. Bull. I think he's already given them the finger anyway. I don't. I would never go back to Red Bull. Going up next to Max, I hate to say it, but I feel like that's just another career it's, killer. Yeah, Especially if you do it twice. Like the first time when he lost, he was just a developing driver, and I get it. That's why he got smoked. If you get smoked again, it's. Not I don't think it's. Take I don't think it's the fear of getting smoked, smoked so much as just like, do I really want to go back to a team that basically just kicked me out the door? Yeah. Plus, he's so happy. Williams. I he had has a dedication to them, and he's happy there. He does, but at some he's going to move up. At, so at some point, will. as a driver, yeah, if will. if Williams as a team can't perform and give him a car that he needs, then they understand if he needs to bug out and go somewhere that's going to give him. A I would car. love to see him in Aston, get, right? Because if they're performing like they did the first Ooh. half of the year, him and Alonso. And then when Alonzo goes, they can replace yeah. him with Yuki because they're Honda engines, and Yuki's going to represent Honda. Strolling in Japanese, yeah, right? I feel like that would be great. So Asin, my... Stroll with Aston is complete, and I actually still have Stroll on the on the grid next for twenty twenty five, strictly because like he's he's going to be there. There's um, I was looking at when I was looking at the driver contracts, Stroll popped up, and it wasn't like a twenty twenty four. It was like rolling because <laughs> it's basically just like daddy is your dad is your dad there still? Yep, then you have a seat. He, he's not. I used to think he was a paid driver. I do think he's good enough for F1, but Aston Martin, if Aston Martin wants to be a championship winning team, well, he can't we, have Stroll. He's, we, just, he's not good enough. We go back to the same conversation that we just had about Joe, right? Like, do we see any progression with him? He's not a bad driver. I don't think he's a, I don't think he's a bad driver by any measure, but I also don't see him progressing to be a better driver than he currently is. He's just a, he plateaued and he's just, he's just there. So what I have here, I'm going to have to change. I had Albon and Mercedes and then Antonelli and Williams in his spot. I don't think Albon's going to Mercedes. 
but I'll give Antonelli Williams or possibly Mercedes. But I don't think they're I don't think they're going to put him in a in a top team on his first year. But who knows? That's what I yeah. That's what I. Would um, I have signs to Audi, which I think is pretty much a done deal. I would love to see him in Red Bull. I feel like he'd be the, be the best number two driver to Verstappen. Um, Perez is a fan. Yuki to Aston when Alonso retires. Lawson to V Carb is what we'll call him. Um, so I will now change this to Albon to. Um, Aston. Oh, I forgot about Lawson. Lawson. Uh, Yuki to Aston as well when Alonzo retires. Lawson taking um, Yuki's Yuki spot. spot. Um, signs will be at Audi. I would like to see Ricardo back at Red Bull. I would. There's nothing I want more. Do you think Ricardo would go see. back to be Verstappen's teammate? Or do you think he'd just hang out like an RB and just be like the veteran? No, he wants to be in the top house. team. I, he wants to be in the top team. And... I don't know. I feel like when honestly, I would have loved to see when Han, like Hamilton's probably not going to last you know more than two or three years. I'd love to see Ricardo back in Ferrari when he's when he's because <laughs> initially when they were, when Ferrari was looking for somebody, I thought it was going to be Ricardo, not Science. Yeah. However, what we've had many conversations for is if I was to hire any single person on the grid, it would be Science because he is the most consistent against any other teammate. He started against Verstappen, held his own. Then he went to um, I think it was Kvyat and smoked him. Then he went to Norris, and granted, Norris was a rookie in his second year, but he held his own and tied. Then he, um, then what was it, Hulkenberg? Because he was with Renault after that, wasn't he? Um, he went to Renault after that. If he I'm was not only Renault for like a year, though, before he went to McLaren. Oh, okay, so maybe I'm mixing them up. And then Ferrari, he's held his own against Leclerc. However, he has way more DNFs and just beats him, so it's not really as fair as it should be. But I feel like he's the most consistent. He can drive any other car. Like, the McLaren's a pain in the ass to drive, and he drove that just fine. Yeah. Uh, I feel like he's very underrated. But those are my last-minute prediction changes. Do you have any predictions, Tara, after cheating and looking at my, my stuff? I, did, I do not, because okay. I did not do homework. Yeah, she wasn't expecting to be down here. We kind of pulled her, pulled her yeah, down. Peer here. pressure, just a, just a dad. You lured Pure. me in with hard cider. Peer pressure. <laughs> That's another thing. We always have a drink when we do this. That's true. Um, all right, so back to news, I guess, in the off season, right? Since we kind of skipped over that with Hamilton going to Ferrari and we jumped into predictions. Other things that have happened. Well, is... there's, a, there's a lot of uh, team principal news that's happened. This yep. whole ball of, of crazy news started with Gunther Steiner. It did. How could you ever get rid of that, man? However, how can you not? Because they haven't done anything. I am the most contradictive person with that. Because it's like, how could you? No, I'm the the same way. There wouldn't be Haas without Gunther Steiner, but he also didn't do anything with them. However, I guess there was no however. He didn't perform. (laughs) But Gene Haas doesn't really need performance. Like, he's not... Clearly not in it for performance. No, he's, in it, he's, in it. he's really in it for the, the marketing. He just yeah. wants to get the advertising out of it. And, and you know what I think it is? So Gene Haas is now, he's doing his own TV show where he got, he, they bought some, and he's, he's doing some sort of show and 100% of his time isn't devoted to F1. And I think that's what got it. You can't run an F1 team and have all these side hustles. Mm-hmm. And I think that's what Gene Haas was like. We're already running towards the back. You can't keep yeah. doing all this extra stuff. Yeah. What I'm most mad about is we have text. I think I texted to you or I texted it to Dolby when when we went to Montreal. I when I wanted to make those signs. Oh yeah, you mentioned to me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And the sign said um, something about us getting on TV, and then wow, we look like a bunch of f with like pound signs for fucking legends, and with a picture of Gunther Steiner on it. And I was going to turn around, have a QR code with my business stuff. Haas. <laughs> Later, then released a shirt that said, "We look like a bunch of f whatever whatever <laughs> legends." 
with a picture of Gunther Steiner, and they were sold out for months. <laughs> I could have been idea. marketing an F1, <laughs> and I have, I have screenshots, I have the text, I never deleted those texts, with timestamps to prove. <laughs> so yeah, Gunther Steiner, I don't know what he's, I forget what he's doing now. Um, but him him going out sucks. Then Horner, who knows if he's going to be team principal next, next episode. Cool. <laughs> Nobody knows what happened, though. It's just inappropriate behavior to some woman in the he, workplace. He sent inappropriate pictures to a female. I don't. Was that actually confirmed? I don't know if that was confirmed, though. I don't think that was ever confirmed. I think that was just no, I think there was a lot of clickbait speculation because, mm-hmm. about, like, his wife is devastated and he sent this and that. I think. <laughs> I think what it's realistically it's like more like, and obviously, and obviously we'll, we'll find out more, but I think really what ended up happening is, is Horner was just kind of being Horner and just being like a hard ass. That's what I am picturing. I don't actually think there's any pictures. I think he was just, no, being I think ass. he was just being a hard just ass. Inappropriate. Like, like yeah, to, to what some people might consider inappropriate because he was just over the top. Like, we're Red Bull and this needs to, this needs, this is how it works. It's one of the most successful teams. I don't think it was anything ever, like, like inappropriate in, in like the the, the sec, in a sexual connotation yeah as a woman he's always struck me as stranger danger he's always been kind of creepy to me so i mean it's all speculation right and and we won't know anything until they actually announce it and if they maybe do. If, if they do maybe they i'll eat my words anything. yeah well if he's if he's innocent they're not gonna release anything right yeah. but if he's I guilty mean, they're gonna release everything but right. the the awkward part is they're gonna have to unveil this car with him as team principal, like what, what are they going to do? Is he going to be there? I guess is the question is how long their Red Bull because Red Bull is doing a little, their own little internal investigation, and mm-hmm. the real question is how long is how long are they going to take doing that before they? But will he be there? I mean, their car is going to release any day now. I think the last car is in like three or four uh, days. It's like the fourth, yeah, the fifteenth yes, or sixteenth yeah, or something three or four like that. Days. Later this week. And then um, I don't know if you knew this, but Stake F one team, another stupid name. <laughs> um, they're not allowed, and I think we counted. Oh, it was six, like six different races? countries because those countries don't allow gambling as sponsors. <laughs> so let me pull up that tab. Um, to be on. fair, they're all like socialist or uh, communist or totalitarianistic countries. So they are going to go under the name Kick in um, Bahrain, China, Brazil, Saudi, um, Yas Marina. So um, sounds about right. So United Arab Emirates, Singapore, Japan, and Qatar. They are not allowed as their main name. They're so also they illegal no in their. <laughs> they're also not allowed in their main country, which is Switzerland, in their Swiss team. So, someone really thought that one out real well, didn't they? <laughs> yeah, someone, someone messed up. And someone you said that, that it wasn't even, like it was a journalist or something that happened to notice it after the fact too. <sighs> to my knowledge, it's a journalist. I was like, "What are they going to do?" Because they're not allowed in Switzerland. And it was an "oh shit" moment. <laughs> and then all these other. I could be wrong, but Maybe I think all these other countries. Oh shit. <laughs> Yeah, it'd be better than half the other team names. I mean, that and no, like, come on, don't 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 disrespect Cash App Visa Card. That's fine though. So with their livery, one be Alpha Tauri Toro Card. Cash. I don't know why they're not just Visa Cash App Toro Rosso because they have the old school Toro Rosso livery. Thank God, because everyone else it does, went with carbon. It and does. I look can't very, stand yeah. it. Like I messed the colors. I understand the weight savings. I get it. But like they have a full regular livery. Why not just call it Visa Cash App? Visa Cash App. Toro Rosso, just like it's AMG Patronus Mercedes, but people only call it Mercedes. Or Oracle Red Bull, they only call it Red Bull. People would just call it Toro Rosso. It gives it an identity. Toro Rosso is Red Bull. And, right now, their identity is Visa Card Cash App. Yeah, it stands for Red Bull and Thai, if I'm not mistaken. <laughs> so that's where it, like, it's just it's just a cash grab, and it's a stupid name, and they should prevent this from ever happening again. They must have all been drunk when they figured it out. Remember? No, they were just handing out the... They were drunk after when they signed the check, mm. the agreement. It's, the, it's the issue I have with all of like, the naming structures for... Like American stadiums, yeah, because you know they, they'll they Delta cha- they, Dental Stadium. The names change constantly; <laughs> like they'll change every five or six years, and it's because of just the sponsors. Yeah. What was the the, the racetrack in 
in Donington in England that's sponsored by Simply Sausages. <laughs> That's so the place I want to go. Simply Sausages Racetrack. <laughs> yes! Sausages. Um, the other thing that happened in the offseason that I don't think anybody's happy about is Andretti, or Andretti not getting in. Yes. Um, so pull that up. I, I know we have up. a tab. We were prepared for this conversation. Yes. I have a computer. If any, the clickety-clackety says I have a computer right here for spontaneous oh, research. That what, that what the hell do they have to do to get into F1? They gave them a bunch of, hey, this this is what we need. They got one of the biggest automotive companies you can possibly partner with. He was in Formula One, has one of the most successful racing teams in America. They're, so what I don't get is they're trying to get so much market share in America, right? Let's yeah. let's let's race more in America, which is stupid because the Miami Grand Prix sucks. And we'll get to we'll get to the Grand Prix talk because one of the segments is three races you get rid of and three races that you want to see on the on the uh, calendar. But Miami stinks. Uh, Vegas was great, but I feel like if it wasn't for the freezing temperatures, it wouldn't have been that great. Yeah, I don't know if Vegas is going to be great every single year. Uh, yeah. Coda's awesome. Don't touch Coda's that at all. Great. That's always great. Coda's but like, great. you want American drivers, you want America, and you're not going to take them? Like, it's like one of, one of, what, two American drivers who's actually won an F1 championship? Yeah, and you have one of the most successful racing teams in America, one of the biggest names in American racing, so much so that overseas they, they're familiar with the name, and he's going to have American drivers, and you tell them no. Formula One has this weird love with we only want 10 teams. Like I feel like they're really battling this idea that they, they can have more than 10. Oh, they're allowed we've had, up to 12, we've, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, we've had more than 10 teams in the past. I mean, we had 11 teams back in, like, the late 90s or something. It's all logistics. They just don't want a smaller slice of the pie for the earnings later, right? <laughs> but to me, if you want better – if you want Formula 1 to grow as a sport, would more exciting racing with – you know, and you can do that by more teams and better racetracks too. Like, all these street circuits are driving me nuts. Like, let's watch the most technological – fastest cars ever made go around a slow 90 degree corner in a place that you can't pass you're just going to lose all of your current viewers to try to gain new viewers who are going to get bored because yep. there's three overtakes in a race and you're going to end up with nothing why not have dedicated racetracks with a couple street tracks more teams more you know close racing which they're getting to they're making this car smaller they're making them you know yep. easier to race and whatnot but they're just not going in the right direction. They're just chasing money rather than chasing entertainment, yeah. which will inherently the, make them more money. The part that really annoys me about the whole Andretti situation is that when they told him that he couldn't join, the, the, they were just like, but you can apply again in a couple more years. So yeah, which is what they told him the first time. What does that mean? <laughs> like, the first what? time they told him he didn't have enough backing or whatnot, <laughs> and then he was like, all right, I got GM. GM Cadillac I got with you know the biggest American yeah. name you can get. Yeah. Oh, uh, sorry, but try again, try again in a and couple And I got years. the money. Actually, we, need, we, we don't need $200 million, We need $600 million. You know what? I got you. Yeah. No, that's not enough. <laughs> like I just—they were just telling him no for any other reason, just to tell him no. Do we have the? Do the we reasoning? have the actual reasonings behind why he didn't get it? And we can cut here and we can just start over if we don't have it. Um, there you go. It's all in bold. We do not believe that the applicant will be a competitive participant. How can you possibly? I mean, so that's bullshit. We don't believe they're competitive. Is Haas competitive? <laughs> Name one time anybody's woken up and been like, you know what? I'll bet my money on Haas. No one. Yeah, but Not you a know that person. one guy that said Magnuson's going to get pulled this week. That guy didn't. That guy <laughs> didn't happen. We would have read about it. We would have read about it. If some guy bet Magnuson getting pulled, it would have made the news. Nobody bet Magnuson. So tell me the last time any single person's woke up and said, um, "I'm just going to stake." So Alpha, Williams, Haas. 
or um, it's one of the team I'm not thinking of. Regardless, those three teams are ever going to win a race or be somewhat competitive. Like, what's name one person that's ever thought like there are very uncompetitive teams that don't stand a, a chance when they're like, oh, they got out of Q1. So how could they possibly be like, yeah, you wouldn't be competitive? It's like, how sometimes bad? it's not even the driver; it's the car. Yeah, and how bad could you be? Like, they could make a trash car, and they might even be eighth mm-hmm. in the in the standings. Like, how can you possibly speculate that they're not going to be competitive? Yeah, what was the what was the point total between the the, the bottom couple of teams last year? Uh, well, it was a lot better than recent years. It was. It was. I mean, Williams. They all scored Williams, points. William was chalking up like twenty eight points or something. The Albon. Year. Well, yes, mo- yes, it was all. It was everything except one point was Albon, but I wasn't going to be the one to say that. Um, well, Williams finished what seventh? Yeah, seventh. So like eighth through ten, they were all pretty damn close. They all scored points. So yeah, House at twelve for Hossett, last place. So House at twelve. Oh, Alpha Tower, but they're going to be Alpha had sixteen. Alpha Tower is going to be a lot better this year since they're basically Red Bull two point oh. Well, Alpha Tower, yeah. So Alpha Tower had twenty five. Alfa Romeo had 16, and then Haas had 12. But okay, Red Bull at 860. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they weren't they weren't really trying. I mean, Verstappen <laughs> won the constructors on his own. Yes, nothing against Perez, but they technically didn't need him. Yeah, Perez is a fan. He will be with Team Spectator next year. I do like him. I like. I actually did really like Perez. It's just when you're going up against arguably soon to be the greatest so, of all time, which is going to be a touchy subject, right? So here's the problem with Perez, and it also plays into, I think, your point with signs. So, like, last year, you can actually look at it, right? Perez and signs both had little, like, <clears throat> stall-outs, right? Like, little, a few races where they just yeah. couldn't get out of their own head. Mm-hmm. Signs crawled out of it really pretty quick. Perez never really did. He almost got out, then he got right back. Right, Perez him. fell into it and fell into a rut. Like, And then, I think it was Albon, actually, they... they Albon had an interview where he was talking about how difficult it is to go up against Max, and it kind of played into what Perez went through last year, where it's like, you start off the season really well, and then you have one little slip-up, and you fall behind, and you try even harder to catch up, but then trying harder makes you fall even further behind, because then you start making more mistakes by trying harder. And I think Perez just got in his own head. To I be mean, fair, Helmut like Marco said I was just going to say, Helmut Marco, who... Helmut Marco didn't help that. Not a he big fan not, of. No. Kind of wish when we were at the Montreal Grand Prix and those guys wanted to start with him, I just cut them. <laughs> Story oh. for another time. Just really saved That's Helmut true. Marco from yes. having a rough yes. night, personally. Yes, when, uh, when Corey and Ryan saved Helmut Marco from a couple of irate drunk fans. Kind of wish I didn't do that, because um, yeah. that was a really That's stupid true. thing for him to say. Um, but... So to piggyback off your comment, Signs maybe had one bad race, never more than two, right? They were like three or four consistent. And maybe not the race itself, but he had like three or four straight weekends where he had a crash. But think about whether it was during a practice session, qualifying, or the race itself. But think about a Red Bull that was consistently thirty to forty-five seconds ahead of every other car at the end of the race in a in a race that's measured by tenths of a second. He is three quarters of a minute ahead, and this guy is finishing out of the points or. Qualifying, you know, eighth to thirteenth. Yeah, how many? How, how many? How many times did Perez get booted in like Q two? It yeah. should never be a thing. Like you, sh- the work like Stroll should be able to put that thing in Q three every time. It's yeah. you should never have that much trouble getting a car that fast into Q three consistently. So that's why I think it's a much bigger deficit. Um, I forget what we were talking about before Perez though. Andretti, Andretti not getting so. 
I just can't see how they can speculate that he wouldn't be competitive. Um, I think that's I just even, a cop out. Right. I don't even think it's their responsibility to to, to decide how competitive he's no, going to be. And they be. should like, go to court for it because F1 here, said they were good. Here, yeah. Right. Uh, FIA. FIA. Yeah. yeah. They basically say these are your parameters that you need to meet in order to get to to become a team. Cool. You met those parameters. Welcome. Like that should be it. Like there shouldn't be any form of speculation on how good are you going to be because like. The FIA gave you the green light. Can I see your crystal ball? The FIA gave them a green light to race. Like I, somebody wrote, I was on Reddit. Somebody was like, they could just technically show up and race. I don't know if this is actually true. (laughs) They wouldn't get any points. Surprise! But damn, would that be a story? (laughs) (laughs) I'm probably completely wrong on that. But if that was the case, then just lined up on the back of the grid. I was like, all right, boys, we're just gonna do this. We don't have a pit crew or a pit pit team. Yeah, and then oh, that was the other thing they said. We don't have space for them. It's like you have. Okay, but when about? Brad Pitt was shooting his movie, in space for him. Well, that's that's completely false. <laughs> and I'm pretty anyway, sure they F- have 24 slots in every single. Um, F2 has garage. more than 10 teams. Yeah, and they're usually like, a feature race for half the places. And they they use the they use the pits. So it was just that's, it was, that's a complete that's a complete lie that's a complete fabrication. <laughs> it was whatever they could pull out of their ass to say no, and yeah, everybody they knows have like it. they have like 24 really garages or something like that at all the pit streets. It sucks because he's getting up there in age, and I would really like to see what he could do while he's still. Capable. Not that he wouldn't be in a couple of years, but you never know. Like you never know what could happen. Yeah. Something could happen tomorrow. Yeah. Um, so last last bit of news before we go into some some other fun talking questions is favorite car liveries that have been announced so far. So waiting on a couple more. Oh, of easy. Visa Cash app. <laughs> it's the only one that's not full carbon. You know what I mean? Like I do. Them, so it's I'll, the year of the dark liveries again because everybody's trying to wait to well, see hold the on, name hold look on. really cool. I will say that there's a lot of colors. Right, there's a lot of coloration because you've got the you've got essentially Tomorosa 2.0, right? I love steak. Everybody makes fun of their green, and yes, I do think no, it's no, a stupid no. green, but it makes it different. I like it. It's different. I like it because it's different, right? Because what it was like two or three years ago, like everything was the same, like shade of white and shade of red and shade of yeah. blue, and everything was just boring to look at. But there's a lot of that. There's a lot of color variation so far this year. Austin, I would actually would, disagree about a couple of years ago, but it's okay. Aston, Aston brought their stuff out today, and it just looks like Aston. Whatever. It, yeah, it looks, but that it, green is so sexy. You can't. I would be mad if they changed that. <laughs> I would. No, I would too. They have to be the British racing green. Red Bull's going to be exactly the same. Even Max Verstappen. Did you see that? He was like, it's going to look exactly the same as last year. Because <laughs> that's what I love. He's no bullshit, straight to the point. This is how it is. And that's why I love him. I know everybody tries to make him out to be the villain, but he's not. He's not the person where you're like, you know, you get a journalist talking to you and you're like, all right, I want you to say this. No, no, no. I'm going to say what I think. Yeah. And that's that. It's just, we all know Red Bull's going to look exactly the same. Yeah. Um, again, I cut you off. My bad. No, you, I, but I like that. There's there's more colors this year. There's there's more coloration, and I I like the variation. The chrome element doesn't bother me too much. You know, not having the the paint on there and just kind of having straight carbon fiber. I I like a little bit more of a full livery as long as it's at least fifty percent color. Um, but you're right. So I, out of the cars that have been announced, we have Toro Rosso. We're just gonna call him Toro Rosso. Well, everybody's Peacock. been announced except. No, Red Bull. Mercedes, Ferrari, and no. Mercedes. Red Bull hasn't officially confirmed, but they released pictures of it. Like It's exactly the same as every other year. We don't need, yeah. no one cares about their livery. And, and realistically, what are we rate? We're rating on Ferrari, which is just going to be, be red. They're Ferrari saying it has more their, white, which I actually Ferrari's don't like. I like the red with the black a lot more than the red with the white. But uh, Mercedes is gonna, probably going to be silver arrows again. And they're going to be silver arrows. again, yeah, because they went back to silver last year. What um, I don't like, Alpine, go back to all pink. And just put BWT on there. I don't like the pink for a couple races and then the blue. I like the all pink. I think that's such a cool yeah. color. It's like bubblegum. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it reminds me of. But you're right. We do at least have a decent amount of colors. It's just a little bit more black than I think I would like. But yeah. it is what it is. I get it. It's for weight savings and 
Not a lot of weight adds to a lot of time. So if I was them, I'd be stripping the weight too. Yeah. I'm liking the steak car. The steak is just I cool because it's just different. I hate and love it. I love it because it's different. It's going to stand yeah. out, but it's mm-hmm. not my It looks like a glow stick. I hate when I'm watching on TV and I can't pick out Would differentiate which team, which team is who's yes. who. Uh, I don't yes. really this, I feel I like they're all different enough where I don't have that problem. That's steak. <laughs> It'll be hard to no miss. It. Mm-hmm. It'll be hard to miss. I mean, Williams looks more or less the same as it did last year. Yeah. McLaren has a little bit more black. Yeah, they do have a, a lot they more sh- black. Beautiful McLaren. McLaren, McLaren shaved down the orange. The last couple of years, they've been shaving a little bit more orange off the mm-hmm. car each year. Yep. Yeah. Just put a giant papaya right on the hood. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah, so I don't think there's going to be really any other surprises. I know... I'm here for comedic relief. No, I don't um, think there is. I, I think Ferrari's going to add red wheel covers. I know that. They teased that already. It's like a yellow trim around it. Oh, I like try to do something like what McLaren's doing with the, the Google the, Chrome. The that Google was cool. Chrome. So the best advertising is Williams Duracell. Yep. Uh, McLaren's Google and the, Chrome. And the Chrome, yeah. yeah. I think that's the, the two best. So it's a genius advertising. Yeah. Um, I thought that when, they, when Williams first announced the Duracell thing, I thought it was a joke. I didn't think it was like... I didn't think it was a real thing. I thought someone was just like mocking the advertisement. It's a lot better than what Mercedes did. It looks like it had a pimple. Remember, everybody was making fun of that a couple <laughs> years ago. And then Williams was like, "Well, sh- you know, grab my beer. I'll show you how it's done." Uh, that's well. That's the end of the news. So now we've got some, um, some some fun kind of conversations, fun talk. Okay. And I guess the first one. Let me pull up the street circuits. Yeah, because we uh, one of the one of the conversations that we had is there's too many street circuits now, and don't get me wrong, I love street circuits, but there's too many of them. Like it's not good racing. Mm-hmm. It's um for context. So out of the Grand Prix we went to, Ryan's obviously been to Monaco. Yep. Um, him and I went to Montreal together, and then I went to Singapore as well. So we've both seen street circuits, right? And yep. don't get me wrong, Monaco and Singapore don't produce. The best racing. Monaco is definitely an experience. It's qualifying for sure. Like you can't yeah, not watch qualifying. Yeah. Um, Baku, in my opinion, is the all-time greatest street circuit. How can you ever get rid of that? I love it. But you talk Miami, get rid of that. Um, they're trying to go to. They they just signed Madrid, and it's basically in a in a facility parking lot. Oh yeah, they're still working on get that. Get rid of that. Like, yeah, Barcelona is already great. You don't need the Madrid, and that's ten years. Yeah, they're getting. So my, my biggest problem with all the tracks is the long contracts they have for them. I was just going to say that ten years. You have no idea if this is going to be a good track. I or not. Would, You're just chasing money. Like, what if this track sucks? I would love for them to have like a long list, like thirty to forty tracks, whatever, of. of places they can go and then just like alternate every year i would say 30 and alternate 40 is quite a bit um, i'm just i'm just throwing like 30 like i'm just throwing a number out there right but like i loved portimao during and we'll, we'll I, guess, I suppose we'll get more into this as, as we're looking at the calendar here so um, yeah so i guess this conversation started when we were asking each other what could make what can improve f1 in our opinion right so we were talking about a rotating calendar yeah. Um, so I personally think 24 races. I love 24 races. It might burn out a lot of people, so I think maybe 22 would be perfect. I'm fine with 24. Obviously, as a spectator, the more the better. But I would say 22 to 23 just to, you know, give some people a little bit more of a work-life I mean, balance. I, I laugh about it because ever since they announced that they were doing 22 and then 23 and then 24, there's always something that's happened in all those seasons to prevent them from having one of those races. Yeah. Right? Last year, they had the they, they rained out of of Italy so they couldn't do they couldn't do Monza before that it was spa before that there was spa but there was also um Russia and Ukraine happened so they yeah. killed they killed Russia mm-hmm. 
Um, and then obviously before that was COVID. So we had a truncated schedule when they were trying to do like 22 races that year. So the last like three or four years, they haven't actually had the full season that they planned. <laughs> They've always lost one or two of those races for some reason. But have more races than the calendar can hold and have rotating races, right? But have staples. Yes. So you can't get rid of, in my opinion, you have to keep um, Suzuka. You have to keep Silverstone. You have to keep, um, I hate to say it, but Monaco. You do. It's um, a staple. Kota. That's... You got to keep, you got to keep Texas. Um, so what's, so I guess what... Monza, you would have to keep. I actually am not a huge Monza fan. Um, Azerbaijan, I would absolutely keep that as well. What three tracks would you and get rid of? Because that's where this is, this is where this is inevitably going. What three tracks would you get rid of and what would you replace them with? Um, I should have written this down, written this down. Um, I would get rid of Miami as one. Yep. I would get rid of, keep scrolling. We got the computer going. I like, I like all of those. Um, I would say the pig, Las Vegas. That was boring. Vegas I, was I a Vegas great was race, fun. but I don't think it's going to be without the weather issues. Vegas, so, was, yeah. Vegas was fun. Um, I'll say Vegas. Oh, Yas Marina, 100%. Get rid of Abu Dhabi. Yes. Abu Dhabi never performed. So my three is going to be, um, crap, what did I say first? It was <laughs> Miami. Miami. Miami, um, Abu Dhabi, and I will also say, um, you just had it. Scroll back down. Did I write this down? No. Um. It's tough to say for Singapore. I'm biased because I went there. I get rid of Singapore. So my I I get rid of Singapore only because only because one they got rid of the track section that I was sitting at, so I can never go back. <laughs> <laughs> I, you know, those will be my three. If I change my mind in the middle of it, I'll change my mind. But I can't believe I didn't write this down. What What would be your three? And I'll I'll come up with what I'd replace it with because there is the greatest racetrack of all time. They did race it in 2020, and it needs to come back. <laughs> Right, that's that's the second that's the second half of this question. I would probably get rid of Singapore. I definitely get rid of Yas Marina. I do not like Yas Marina. I think it's boring. Nobody does, and it's a terrible closer. It, exactly, and and I hate the fact that it's con- they're contractually obligated to end the season there. I hate that. Um, my third, I, would I get rid of Miami? I feel like Miami has the potential to be a good track. No. No. So out of all the races we have up here. Silverstone's amazing. Hungary's amazing. Spa. I don't know how that's even in contention to, to leave. It's it not. Is. I'm, not the, well, I'm not the biggest fan yeah, of Spa, I know, but, but I wouldn't get rid of it. I know, but F1's always talking about potentially getting rid of it. It's long, but... Um, Netherlands. Love the Netherlands. No, I like, I like Zandvoort. I don't like Monza, but whatever. Um, Azerbaijan, amazing. You, uh, Azerbaijan Kona. would be the only, like... I mean, obviously, Monaco, I feel like, is a staple. You can't let it go. Mm-hmm. And that's going to get better. As Azerbaijan, out of all the street tracks, is my favorite. I love Azerbaijan. Um, Mexico, actually Mexico, I would get rid of. I like Mexico. It's never performed good. I would actually get rid of Mexico before I do Singapore. I can't remember. Why yeah, can't I remember what Qatar looks like? Why can't I remember that? Qatar is where everybody was passing out. Remember because of the heat? Logan Sargent retired. Uh, Al, I think it was Albon that said he was passing out in the middle of the turn, uh, turns and whatnot. You and me both have one track that would definitely bring back. So it's Portimao. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. That needs to be brought 100%. back. 100%. Um, Mugello, the greatest racetrack of all time, needs to get brought back. <laughs> Mugello was fun. I mean, it's funny, too, because I feel like during during COVID, they did a lot of like alternate races. Hungary, the Hungary actually came from COVID because they w- hadn't planned on doing that. And then they loved it so much when they brought it back during, the, during COVID season that they, they held on to it. But they like half of that season um, 
was was a lot of it alternate was. tracks that they just kind of had to like figure out in the moment because they couldn't go to the, the normal ones mm-hmm. and they were it was fantastic there's there's plenty of other racetracks which you can you can always add and like we said alternate like how cool would it yeah. be if if some tracks happened every other year and then you had you had your, your call staples. it 10 staples five to 10 staples and then the other we'll say 10 staples and then 12 or even 12 staples and then 10 get more viewership 10 it's just alternating tracks right, right? Yeah, it's just it's not the same thing over and over yeah. you know it's more no, challenging for the drivers you know the teams have less data on it so it's more volatile mm-hmm. and, and more likely to have something happen it's entertaining yeah and yeah, it's me, just different you know to me um the sport's just chasing money rather than entertaining and they're going to make a lot more money in the short run and less money in the long term versus getting better racing bringing in a lot more fans generically and making making a lot more money in the yeah. long run i don't think they're really investing in it as much as purchasing if that makes sense i am glad that they have china back this year because that's just a fun track. yeah i love china china's a fun little track china's a I, yeah I've, I've missed that the last couple of years one it'd be cool to have south africa in there because everybody Ooh, wants that but that's right, not even the track africa. i was thinking of it's um they have it's middle east it's a middle eastern track that they used to race in f1 the hell was it oh malaysia Ooh. Malaysia. Oh yeah, well he's raced in Malaysia. They didn't. Yeah, they used to do Malaysia, and apparently it was an amazing track. This right here, the Sepang International. Yeah, Sepang. That would be the Ooh, third. So it'd be like it'd be Mugello, Sepang, and Portimao would be the three that I. South would... Africa and, and Malaysia, I think, are actually relatively recent tracks. Because I think they did Malaysia. They they did. I think the last one was back in like 2007 or 2008 or something like that. And I think South Africa they did as early as like the 90s. Mm-hmm. So. I mean, there's four tracks right there that you can add on a rotating calendar, right? Yeah. And obviously, they need to be an F1 grade, all this stuff. But yeah. it, it all comes down to logistics. Can these tracks handle the finances of all this? But, um, you know, putting all that aside and just strictly for entertainment purposes, those are the three or four in this case that I would I would like to see brought back. Yeah. Still on the track of what can we do to improve F1. So those are the tracks, right? Things we can, tracks we could take out, we, we replace them with. Oh, I got, um, I got the answer. Anything you. else you want to throw in there as ways we can improve the sport? Yeah, smaller, lighter cars, bring back the noise, and do synthetic fuels, <laughs> right? Let's just, like, think about it. Smaller, lighter cars, they're better for racing. There's more room for racing. There's all that stuff. The noise, the noise now sucks. Right? We used to have these screaming V10, V8 engines, and they were so want, I mean, V12s too. But you want pre-hybrid era. Yeah, I want to have to wear noise, you know, ear protection when I'm there. We went there, and it was like, you better wear ear protection. And the car went by me. I was like, this isn't even loud. Like, you're talking as loud as the cars. <laughs> and then, you know, obviously we have to go green. That's one of their big things. A lot of the technology yep. they have is, is from other auto manufacturers, and they're helping kind of push all that. And they want to be carbon neutral by 2030 or 2050. 2030. Um, so just do synthetic fuels. They've already ran them on completely unmodified older 90s cars like Vettel did. Yeah. At, um, I think it was Goodwood, Goodwood Festival of Speed. Um, those are the three things I'd like to do. And then just how would that not be more entertaining? And then we've already talked about it. Get another team on there. Uh, get max, better, it, max get, it out. Let's get two teams. Get better race tracks on there. Like It's just – it's. F1 has, not that it's, obviously we love F1, that's why we're doing a podcast, but it has so much more potential. Like, it's, it's it's not like it's bad, but it has so much more room to get better, but I don't, and they're slowly getting there, but not at the rate I would like. No, I'm, I know. I'm Following the money. Uh, well, I've got two things as to how I would improve F1. 
and it's more logistical stuff, less less change the tracks and change the cars. Um, I feel like this would be this this could be easier things to implement. One of them is red flag rules. Oh right, we had I had this in my notes too. Good. I would love for them. So right now, red flag happens. You pull in. They can work on the car. I would love for them to say, nope, can't touch it. Can't touch it at all. Can't touch it. Bring the car in under red flag. Nope, sorry. Yeah, because how many times has there been a safety car? Somebody comes in to try to save, you know, 10, 12 seconds on a pit stop. They get passed by 10 cars on their red flag. Now they're screwed. Yeah. It's like, not, not their fault. You shouldn't and be even be, And you could even go beyond that, too, in the same in the same line. But, like, think of damage to the car, right? Whether it's the wing, a side pod, or something. Can't touch it. They're al- right, currently, they're allowed to touch whatever they can do on the car as long as it's, like, similar, the same part, right? So they can change the wing. And how long does a wing take? Like, how long does that add to a pit stop? Like, yeah, close to 10, 10 seconds? seconds yeah. So you're talking about massive amounts of time and or actual, in, like, physical nature of the car, right? Like, if, if someone knocks in the side pod and does and burrows a hole into the, the carbon fiber, if they have a part sitting in the garage during a red flag, they can go and they can change it. Yeah, to me, if you're going to stop the race, like, stop Stop yeah, everything. Yeah. Like we are pausing Don't everything. Touch. We are pretending the world isn't moving forward and we will restart. Yep. That's how it should be. Yep. And then I know what you're going to say next because we've we've talked about this and I'm a little mad at myself for going first and forgetting <laughs> to say this. But again, what's my, my next one is track limits. A lot better this year. It's, some some it's tracks were there. some tracks were and you know what? I, I don't want to say overdone because to me, if that many if an absurd amount of people out, you know, didn't follow track limits, call them on everything. Well, right. And 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 what you're getting to is, like, I've, I've talked to people about track limits before, and they're like, no, because track limits, like, you know, they're, they're calling people out when they cross the line. I'm like, yeah, that's the point. The whole point. That's the point. But call them out before the race is over. Oh, yeah. As far as when it needs, yeah, yeah, yes. I think that's, that's a different. That's my biggest pet peeve. Yeah. I think that's something within the FIA. Generally speaking, I think track limits needs to be something that exists on every single track. Set a rule that follows every track, right? Are you outside the curb or are you outside the white line? Okay, you're outside the white line? Cool. That's the same That's the same for every single track now. Mm-hmm. Like, you set those parameters and that holds firm for the entire season. Which they, they got a lot better at this past year. But to my biggest pet peeve was whatever the racing order was. Let's say Norris finished fifth, but he, he outdid, you know, he went over track limits four times. Yeah. Two hours after the race, they'd be like, "Oh, we're gonna we're gonna re you know do the order." Yeah, you're actually... no longer you're no longer have a podium if you give your trophy up. No, because what if like he could have served his penalty beforehand had he known that? Like they yeah. need to know before the end of the race. Give I... him a couple laps prior to the race, unless they you know go over track limits those last couple laps and call it. Like you have enough people watching, you have data, you have sensors. They can, you yeah, have they can make stuff. those calls in the moment. Make those calls in the moment so they can make decisions in the moment rather than having an outcome that could have been altered or changed but they didn't do anything because they didn't know until the race was over and when yeah. the race is over it's not like you can go in and serve your penalty and i think that's that's another point but i think it's a good point about the speediness to which the the stewards hand out their penalties because yeah. i do think penalties are a little <coughs> just i know this is kind of an aside but penalties need to be re- reworked as well right the the 
you know, when well, the five second penalty if you overtake somebody um, outside of the you know racing line or not racing line, but outside of the track limits, it's five seconds. However, if you're already much faster than them, you're gonna right half the time. That. It's, it's a half penalty the time that means nothing. Right, half the time you see the five second penalty and you're like, oh well, that's not gonna mean anything. Like George Russell, they're just, they're just yeah. gonna go. Russell did it a couple times that year, <laughs> and good on him. You know, he's fast enough to pull out of these cars, but he would overtake outside of the track. And then he would just breeze past everybody. He'd be 15 seconds ahead. And it's like, well, five seconds is nothing. Yeah. Make it, if you're going to give them five seconds, make it mandatory that they have to stop for five seconds. If Like, obviously, on a pit stop, they have to do the five seconds before they start. Yeah. But if not, make them mandatory. Like, no, no, no. You have to stop for five seconds. You have to drive into the pit, stop for five seconds, then go. Because realistically, driving into the pit for five seconds, actually... Or just bring, drive through the pit. I lane. was going to say, what you bring up is actually an interesting point because rather than serve a five second penalty, they could do a drive through penalty. Yeah, just drive through the pit. Because lane. that ends up being. Because when they, when they come in for the pit stop, they stop for five seconds and then they start to work on the car. If it's at the end of the race and they don't need to stop again, they just serve the yeah, five seconds through. at the end. What they could do is just say drive through penalty. But you have to do it within a couple laps. If yes, they, you have to do if it they like. They gain those 15 seconds, then yes, just drive that, through. And that's, that's the point I was getting at is like. When, if we're going to make it mandatory for them to pull into the pit stop to, to, to serve those five seconds, why not just make it a mandatory pit stop or a mandatory drive-through penalty? Yeah, within but you three have laps. to you have to do it like within X amount of laps. Because other than that, they're just going to be like, why just just overtake them? Screw it, because right. it's not going to matter. Not, there's no the, the five seconds is not an accurate penalty. It's not actually penalizing me. Like it's gonna it's gonna knock my overall time back by five seconds. Do but they care. But it's not going to actually like the guy behind me is not going to touch me. Like that doesn't actually impact where I'm going to where I'm going to land in the yeah, standings. It's the last race, right? Let's say it's you versus me. It's the last race. You're behind me, and you need to finish ahead of me in order to get to the next level in constructors or the drivers championship. Yeah. You're not going to, and you got 20 laps left, and you're you have much better pace than I do. You're not going to overtake off track. Five seconds, just blow past and me. You're not going to care. Yeah. I can't do anything about it. You yeah. have it's no repercussion to you, right? It's just a I know. Slap I, on the I, wrist. It's like all right. They're going to be five second penalty, so I just need to finish five seconds ahead of you. But I'm half a second faster than you per lap. Then what does it matter? Yeah. So the stewards' <clears throat> consistency and then changing, and I would actually, I feel like they would have announced that change by now had they were if they were making it, which kind of bums me out because I haven't heard anything. But I'd be pretty surprised if that doesn't change in the next year or two. I think it'd be really stupid if they don't. They've made some changes in, in the in the positive in a positive direction. They're in the right they're they're in the right direction now. They're yeah. going in the right direction. But. Yeah, little by little. That's all I got for our first F one podcast. I don't think it went too bad. No, that's all we got. Um, the season doesn't start for another couple of weeks, so this is kind of a preliminary episode just to kind of get our feet in the water and to get some some of the news out there so we can start discussing stuff. But um, next week we'll be talking about upcoming preseason testing and where we think the cars and drivers are going to land and on the grid and how, how we think certain teams are going to do. Um, we'll see if any other news bombs drop within the next week or so. Yeah, maybe we'll hear about Horner. <laughs> yeah, maybe maybe we'll figure out, well, maybe we'll find out what Horner was actually saying to his, uh, was it an assistant or, or just a pit crew member? What is, someone in the Red Bull, on the Red Bull team. Yeah, someone in the family. Yep. Um, so yeah, thanks everybody for listening to uh, Scenario 7 F1 Podcast. I'm Ryan. I'm Corey. And uh, we'll see you next week.